On the back of your bulletin is a blank uh, area for you to take sermon notes, and I know that you want to write something down. Again, pens are right in front of you, so grab that. So grab your bulletins and your Bibles, and let's get ready to go. Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Let's receive God's word tonight. It is an honor and privilege to, to have Phil and Carrie Vance with us here. They're actually here for a conference, and I asked if they could stay over, and I'm so glad they were able to do that. And, uh, and I, I like when uh, my friends get to become our friends here at the church, because whether uh, pastors Phil or Carrie know, they've been a tremendous influence in my life. In fact, I'll never forget the first time I heard Pastor Phil preach. It was at a conference, and he was up there in his suit and his tie, and he was going, and, and I'm like, I, I don't know, I just said, I love this guy. There's something about his word. I just loved it. I was just attracted to what he was preaching. Now, I didn't know Pastor Phil, and I wouldn't even really know him much for uh, several years even after that until we ended up on some of the same boards that uh, we were serving on, and uh, my admiration for him has only grown. Sometimes when you get close to people, you don't like those people when you see them up close. But with Phil, it was the exact opposite. It was like, man, I love this guy. I love his family. And just uh, so, uh, and now he serves as one of the leaders in our fellowship of churches. And so he really helps to, to kind of guide how God is directing us as a group of churches. And, and I really appreciate that it's a, a man like Phil in a position like that. But here's something that really tells me about Phil and his life and his ministry. I had the privilege of, of uh, going out there a number of years ago and, and, and just meeting their, the people at their church and also just different people they've brought to conventions and conferences. And, and I just want to say this. Everyone I've met from Pastor Phil and Carrie's life and ministry, I am, like, thoroughly impressed with. They're, you know, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I don't know about that person. They're a little sketchy. I mean, everybody I met was such a servant and so full of love. And to me, that reflects on the person that's leading them. And so I believe that pastors Carrie and Phil, they lead so well. And uh, uh, Phil is going to open the word of God to you tonight. So would you just welcome him? Would you give him a round of applause as he comes and get ready to receive from the Lord? privilege it is uh, to be here in a place that has so much heritage. This, this church, the, the Bible College, um, Dr. Merrill uh, Sr., Dr. Merrill Jr., nobody should be sick in this church because, I mean, you have so many doctors in this place. It is incredible. Uh, with uh, Dr. Schmidt as well, uh, Jen is here, uh, Fred's here. I know all these guys. I've known them at conferences we've talked about, and uh, just absolutely love the spirit of this place because I think the thing that draws us together is the kindred spirit, and I'll tell you what that spirit is. I, I was watching uh, uh, online and watching your pastor uh, uh, preach, and, and, and when he talked about Jesus, he'd say, Jesus. And the way he said that word Jesus was so, I, I, I just love the way he said it. Well, it's not working. Oh, no. They can hear you think oh. this mic? Yeah. I can't hold one though. I got I got to use my hands a little bit. I'll walk with them. No, 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 no. <laughs> do you really need that? I'm going to have to do some things without it. Is that all right? I think it's more of that. Okay, sorry. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay. We're going to take off. 
I just never preach with this. I don't even know what this is. I usually have a headset because my hands are all over the place. We did our personality styles uh, uh, today or and yesterday, and we discovered that we're both the same personality type. We, we, we love people, and we're very animated, and I use my hands all the time. So it's going to be a little interesting today, all right? It's going to be interesting. That's all i got to say. I haven't preached with one of these in 30 years. I do, I, but the kindred spirit, and I, I love because what it's about, it's about Jesus. And it's not about, uh, about other things and how big things are. And all. It's about Jesus. And when you get it to be about Jesus, God does amazing things. He loves to be loved on. He loves to be loved on. And I'll tell you what, your pastors do an amazing job of loving on Jesus. And that's why I love this place and love this house. Thank you, Dr. Merrill Sr., for instilling that in this place. You're amazing. By the way, I got a handwritten note from him a few weeks ago. I thought I was in heaven. I go, Dr. Merrill sent me a handwritten note? I made it! I have made it! So, no, it was, thank you very much. That was very precious to me. Uh, I, I want to talk to you this morning, um, this evening. <laughs> it won't be that long. It's not going to go from now until this morning, all right? I'm just going to tell you that. Um, your pastor's been talking about reset. He's talking about resetting your mind, resetting your voice, and resetting your hands. And I want to talk to you about some more reset words, some more re-words. The word re means to go back again or to do it again. And I'm going to try to give you four. Hopefully, we'll get through four. If we don't, we'll get to however many we get through. I want to talk about these re-words that I think that we need to think about when we face a new year because I want you to talk, I'm going to talk to you about resetting your life. When you reset your life, and we need to do that at the first of the year, we need to take a good evaluation of our life, and then we need to figure out what do we need to change in it so we can be all that Jesus Christ wants us to be. And if you're not constantly changing and resetting, then you're missing out on something because we need to reset. Have you ever gone and, and the lights are out, and you need to go back and you need to reset the breaker? If you go, well, I'm going to wait for them to come on, they're not going to come on. Until you reset the breaker. You've got to do something. We've got to do something. We've got to reset something in our lives. And your pastor has started that with a number of ways. I'm just going to add to the list, okay? My first one, repurpose. Repurpose. I want to digress for just a moment here. Do you know that identity theft is huge? The fraudulent acquisition and use of a person's private identifying information, usually for financial gain, but I believe identity theft is happening in the natural and in the spiritual and epidemic proportions. Identity theft is the fastest growing crime in the nation. It happens every two seconds. A $50 billion a year crime. And studies show that most people take from 175 to 600 hours in restoring their identity to pre-fraud status. That's one-third of a year working 40-hour working, uh, uh, weeks for one-third of a year in order to get your identity back. And in 25% of the cases, and I don't know if you've been a victim of identity theft, 25% of the cases, you will fight it the rest of your life. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to steal our identity. He's trying to steal our purpose in God because we get a purpose, we move forward, and all of a sudden things just 
start to wane a little bit. And we haven't recalibrated, and therefore we lose our purpose. We want so badly to fit in that we give away our identity, to become someone else for their approval. Have you ever done anything for someone else's approval? And then realize, well, it didn't matter much to them anyway, but it meant everything to you. I got to do this for their approval. Sometimes we do it for our parents or do it for a lot of folks. Do it for all of the wrong reasons. Popularity. Where's, where's uh, Aiden? Is, is it Aiden, right? All right, Aiden, come on up here. You told me you could help me today. Who else could help me? I, I forgot your name again. Yes, what was your name? Chad. Chad, right? Come on up here, Chad. Come on up here. I want both two. Come on up here. I'm going to give you two balloons. Here, you take this one. And, and I asked you ahead of time, if you've got enough hot air in there to blow that up, right? And you said you did. Okay. What I need you guys to do is just kind of blow those up. Can you blow them up? Okay, just keep blowing. Try to get them as, yeah, just keep going. Keep going. Try to get them big. Try to get them a little bit bigger. I've got to throw this on the thing now. A little bit bigger. Okay, keep going. A little bit bigger. Okay, just keep going. I know this is going to take some. Okay, one more, half a blow. Perfect. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, the thing about popularity, when we try to lose, oh, okay, stop. You're trying to be too popular here, I can see. Here's what happens with popularity. Hold that. Popularity always leaks. You blew yourself up, but you know what? It always leaks. You told me you couldn't tie this, right? So I'm going to tie this for you. Right, so I'm going to put it right there. Can you come on over here, too? Hold that way. We do all of this. We puff ourselves up. We blow ourselves up. We're trying to be somebody in the world today. And, and you know the thing about popularity? Popularity, popularity always, oh, no, no, pops. That's why they call it pop you. It's always going to pop. And when it pops, it's going to scare you. And you're going to realize what you thought you had built everything on amounts to absolutely If you're living for the popularity of the world, it will leak and it will pop. Give these guys a hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chad. You did awesome. Give me that. Hold, hold on just a second, though, before you go. I felt, I felt like the Lord gave me a word for you. I felt like the Lord, it's Aiden, right? I felt like the Lord was saying, even as your name is Aiden, that the Lord is going to aid you. He's going to aid you in some amazing ways. And in the years that come ahead, he's going to reveal himself to you in some powerful ways. You need to listen to what he has to say. You won't be able to go the way everybody else goes, so don't go that way. He's going to speak to you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to give you a plan and a purpose. But you're going to hear him. You're going to hear him, and you'll see visions. And I think great things are going to happen in your life. You receive that? All right, man. You'll tell me how it goes? All right, done. Awesome. <clears throat> Popularity. 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 Let me say this. You were made on purpose, Aiden. You were made on purpose for purpose by God. On purpose, for purpose 
by God. God didn't just go around and go, hey, I'm going to add a little bit of goo here and a little swamp there, a little mess here, put you in a mold, and all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, look what came out. Aiden came out. No, no, you didn't come out like that. You weren't some accident that happened. He designed you. He purposed you. He brought you into being, and he has a plan and a purpose, and he's going to guide you, and he's going to speak to you, and he's going to move in your life, and he's going to change you, and you're going to change your world. That's what he has for all of us. We all have a plan from God, a purpose that's from God, not just aimlessly out there, not just something in the world, not just something to be puffed up, but God has a plan and purpose and a design for you. And some of you need to rediscover that purpose. Because we get going on in our Christianity and stuff happens and, and we, got, we got purpose, but life happens and kids happens and stuff happens and all this happens and we start waning in our purpose. And I believe tonight God is saying, I want to re-talk to you about purpose. He's got his hand on you, man. You're different. He has his hand on you. He loves you. He cares about you. He cares about you too. <laughs> You're awesome, Chad. You're amazing. God has his hand on you, and he's going to, he's moving on you too. He, he, he loves you, and he wants you to know how much he loves you and that nothing else matters to him. He just loves you. And he has purpose and destiny designed in you. And it's going to be awesome. In Romans 8, 28, or let me say this, God is not surprised. He's intentional. And he intentionally made you on purpose. In Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Purpose. The word purpose means a setting forth, a, a proposal. It, it, it's interesting, an intention. It's the same word that talks about the showbread in the temple as exposed before God. This purpose. They, they took that showbread, and it was in the temple, and they had 12 loaves, and it represented the 12 tribes of Israel. It represented people, and they took that before the Lord for one week, and it would stay before the presence of the Lord for a week. And then they make a new batch. It would be before the Lord, before Him. And when we are before Him, purpose comes as we are before the Lord. When you are before Him, asking Him the plans and destinies of your life, purpose gels. Purpose comes together. But purpose comes as you're before Lord, the Lord, not just out there in the world. Now, you may be doing stuff for the kingdom of God out there, and that's amazing. We need marketplace ministers all over the place, and that's doing the work of the Lord. But I'm saying we've got to get it from God. Get it from Him and from what He is saying to you. And then there's a difference between, have you ever gotten with your brother? Is, is this your brother? What's your brother's name? Say it again. Has Elisha ever hit you? Ever gone, you know, just tapped you like that? And then, is this your mom here? Okay. And did you ever go, Mom, Elisha hit me? Okay. But when you say, Mom, Elisha hit me on purpose, it's like, oh, on purpose, huh? He had motivation. He had intent. He wanted to hurt you. I mean, for some reason we say that to mom to make her feel a little bit more, right? To feel worse. God made you on purpose. 
He made you on purpose. There was intentionality. There was design. He was taking your spiritual gifts. He was taking your personality. He was straight taking your strengths. He was taking your life experiences, and he's taking all of that, and he's designing something. He's handcrafting it. You're handmade by God for purpose, for destiny, for excitement. He made you on purpose. Do you know your purpose? Do you need to rediscover that purpose today? Because until he lifts you from this planet, he has purposed, etched in your DNA. He made you on purpose. You're not an accident waiting to happen. You're not an accident waiting to happen, but you're a purpose waiting to be fulfilled. Purpose ignites us into action. And what's our purpose? What's our purpose? One of our purposes, I love it, it comes from the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, written back in 1646, where they did a question and answer type of approach to explain these things, uh, uh, these biblical truths to people. The very first one says this, man is to glorify God. Your purpose is to give Him glory. Your purpose is that God receives glory from what you do, from what you say, from who you are, from the way you act, and the way you exchange your life with others in this earth, He receives glory from that. Glory. We don't give Him glory that we possess because we don't possess any. We give it back to Him. We give back to Him our adoration, our excitement for what He has done for us as we worship Him and let Him know that He is awesome, He's amazing. He's incredible. You're doing, secondly, not only are you to give Him glory, it says you're to enjoy Him forever. Do you realize you get to enjoy God forever? That's your job description. I thought it was a benefit to enjoy Him. It's actually your job description. You get to enjoy Him forever. He came to, to fill up your joy. He came to give you joy and to make it full. We get to enjoy God forever and ever and ever. That's a long time, isn't it, Aiden? I mean, forever is like a long time. I mean, it's longer than you've been alive, isn't it? By at least two or three times. It's, it's a long time. Forever, forever and ever and ever and ever, we get to enjoy God. I just think that's amazing. We get to enjoy Jesus forever and ever and ever. Second re I want to do for you. Is this where I take my drink now? You told me in that, in that spoof, is this, is, this, is this the point where I, where I take that? <laughs> Secondly, I think God wants us to re, He wants to re-stretch you. He wants to re-stretch you. In Philippians 2.12, it says this. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Everybody reach forward a little bit. 
reach forward. Reach forward towards your brother there. Just reach at him. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. Okay, good. Those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Reaching forward. That word, reaching forward, is a Greek word that means to stretch oneself. Everybody stretch a little bit. Okay, that's, that's because we we're tired. That was the tired stretch. Okay, I'm tired, so we stretch. Now, there's another stretch that you do before you go running or before you exercise. And that stretch is not a tired stretch. That's an active stretch. That's where you get down and you, and you're stretching all of those muscles and you're getting yourself all ready to do something. And then after you do it, the older you are, you realize you need to stretch again after you've done it, right? Or you're going to wake up in the morning and your legs are going to be in knots. Stretching, 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 stretching. God wants to stretch you. And I pray you get this point. Do you know what you were created to be? Here it is. You know what this was created to be? What is this? Chad, what is that? Rubber band. Good. And what is it created to do? Pull things together. It's created to stretch, right? We designed this for the purpose of stretching. That's why we designed it, so it could be stretched. We didn't design it so it looked like a circle and just sit there and let your craftsperson and somehow that's an eye of a snowman or something, but it was designed to be stretched. You hear this? God designed you to be stretched. We want to know sometimes, why is this happening? Why is this going this way? Why? What? 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 Lord? Why? He's stretching you. He's stretching you. He designed you to be stretched. And when those things happen and we question him and we get mad at him, he's saying, I designed you this way. I designed you to stretch you. He came to stretch us. And let me tell you what happens when you stretch this. Further I stretch this, so I keep people awake during messages. I work with a lot of college students. Further I stretch it, boom. Fear not, I have more. This is a bigger person. Also designed to be stretched. Designed to be stretched. Do we understand that God wants to stretch us? Now let me tell you something about stretching. You're asking God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why are these trials? Why are these, these testings in my life? Because he's stretching you. And when he stretches you, you know what he puts inside of you? He puts inside of you, what, what kind of energy is that called? Any engineers in here? It's called potential energy. When you put this in here, there's a whole bunch of potential in here now that this rubber band can do. A lot of potential, a lot of stretching, and therefore this rubber band can do... Some fun things. Sorry about that. Please don't sue me. I don't have any insurance. All right. Stretching, stretching, stretching. The further you're stretched, the further God can send you, the further potential you have, 
and when he lets go of you, of this, he turns the potential into kinetic energy, and it accomplishes something. Now, a lot of us are going, oh, but I don't want to be stretched. 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 Oh, it hurts so much. Let me tell you what. If all he did was stretch you a little bit, and when he let you go, that was a fun ride. What is fun about that? The further he stretches you, the further you go and accomplish the purposes he's designed for you to accomplish. Let me say this. We need to re-stretch. Here's what happens. We start in our Christian walk, and we're going, okay, all right, Lord, stretch me. All right, Lord, use me. All right, Lord, put purpose in my life. And we, and we do some things. And then we, we go along in life. We get a little bit older, and all of a sudden we're going, hey, I don't want to be stretched no more, man. I got stretch marks all over here. <laughs> I don't want to be stretched. I just want to do what I'm doing, and it's good, and it's easy. I believe this. That God is asking you, will you allow him? Because we He's not gonna stretch. When you when you tell him no, let go of me, let go of me. And we go, boop, boop, boop. we gotta say, Lord, stretch me. Lord, use me. Where does he want to use you? Where does he want to use? This man still goes to India. How old are you? 83. I'm gonna die before he does. 83 years old, still going to India three times? Three times this year. What is wrong with you? It's not what's wrong with him. It's what's right with him because he believed God's not done with him until we plant him in the dirt, which won't be for a long time, especially with that car you're driving now because you can't get in an accident with that thing because it just drives itself. I want to challenge you. Where have you gotten mad at God because of the circumstances of your life and the testings that are there? And secondly, where have you said, no more? No more, God. I'm done being stretched. I know that Pastor Darrell's vision for this place as it continues to grow is huge. And you know what he needs? All of you. All of you doing your part. All of you being stretched. All of you being motivated. All of you fulfilling the function and purpose that God has designed for you to be in this hour today. Full of life. Full of vigor. Full of enthusiasm. Building the kingdom of God. And I believe this. He has new things that he wants you to do. By the way, I got to shout out to Justin, wherever Just, Justin's shouting out to you. I know he couldn't be here because of his respiratory stuff that's going on, but I just want him to know that I'm thinking about him and I love him. What does he want to do? Where does he want to send you? On some mission trip. What does he want you to do in some function here in the church that you're going, ah, somebody else will do it? No. No, God's purposing you. God's got a destiny still on your life. 
And he's going to keep moving on you, and he's going to keep moving on you, and he's going to keep moving on you, and he's going to keep stretching you. And you know what? When I finally do get down here, and I start stretching, and I stretch out the back of my legs, and it hurts at first, and all of a sudden, afterwards, I go, oh, that kind of feels good. Want to feel good in the kingdom? Fulfill your call. Fulfill your destiny. Don't get mad when he starts stretching you. Ask him, Lord, what are you doing? I think we can always ask God a question. Ask him tons of questions. I ask questions all the time. Just don't complain, but trust that he has your best in store. What time are we supposed to be done? What, I just need a number. I got ten, uh, uh, ten minutes, okay. He loves you. He loves you so much. Thirdly, reword. I, I loved what you said today. Just you, you were talking about our faith, and I, I'm going to share the scripture. I, I, I thought it was amazing. Reword, reword. I have, uh, I have 11 grandkids, three children, 11 grandkids. They all got married when they were three. And, no, they got married 18, 19, and 19. And I have 11 grandkids. I love kids. That's why when I saw Aiden in there, I, we came in here. Daryl says, come on, let's go into the church. I go, oh, no, there's kids in there. I got to go there and play with the kids. I go, I feel more comfortable in there than I do in here. I love kids. And, and sometimes the kids come up to me and they go, hey, Grandpa, we want candy. Because I give them lots of candy and then send them home. It's awesome. I love this part. I made a whole thing. It's candy time. What time is it? Candy time. I mean, it was just, we have that in our, they come and ask me, is it candy time? And I go, oh, it's about five minutes to candy time. And I just shower them with a lot of candy. I'm also a frequent flyer at, uh, at uh, McDonald's. I go to McDonald's all the time with them. Anyway, they'll come and say, Grandpa, we want candy. And I say this, um, that's a little demanding, a little non-courteous. Would you like to reword that? Grandpa, can we please have some candy out of your gigantic storehouse of candy over there? And I said, I would love to do that. I give him candy. I think God wants to know how are we talking to him? And what are we believing for? And here, what I have to say, let me read the Scripture first. In Matthew 9, 27 and 30. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. They were crying out. They were asking God for something. They were declaring something. Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, according to what you're believing for. That's why Pastor Dale encouraged you to believe and pray big prayers. To believe for something huge. To believe for something great. For believe for something that's awesome. Not just so that you can prosper, but so that your family or, or, or people or the kingdom of God can prosper. He loves to answer those kind of prayers. So, when he says here, 
it unto you according to your faith. According to your faith. God's going, how are you talking to him? And how are you talking to yourself? You know, in James, I think it's James chapter 3, it talks about the power of the tongue, right? It, it talks about, hey, you put a bit in a horse's mouth and it can move, and, and, and you put a, you put a, a rudder on a, on, a, on a huge ship, and all of a sudden we can move the ship. And he talks about this tongue that is kind of unruly. It does its own thing. Another scripture talks about the power of life and death are in where? That little guy. Look at that. It's just a little thing. If I flex it, it can't even make a very big muscle. If I flex this one, it can't make a very big muscle either. But this little guy is powerful. Life and death and the power of the tongue. And and my encouragement is, is this. What are you saying about yourself, your circumstances, and your purpose in God? What are you saying? Do you need to rework? Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'll never be able to. No, I'm just not good enough. I'm just, what are we confessing with our mouths? Do we need to reword what we're saying? Do we need to start believing God by declaring and saying prayers that are above and beyond us Because we're believing God to do them. God is the creator of all. He spoke things into being. And he asks us, will you be a co-creator with me? Aiden, he's saying, will you co-create with me? What do you mean? We're going to create together. What do you want? What do you see needs to have happen? What do you need in your family? What needs to happen here? Come to me. Let's talk about it. You begin to pray. You ask me. And they begin to declare the things you need in your family, that you need in your life. And all of a sudden, we're going to create together. But we got to word it with faith and belief. I'm sorry, did I spit on you? Okay, okay. With faith and belief, we've got to word it that we're expecting it to happen. Now, I'm not a blab it and grab it person, all right? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not that kind of a guy. I think we need to, we need to just, I, I need 10,000 Cadillacs and we're praying God for it. Now, what does Jesus put inside of your heart? What does Jesus put inside of your spirit? What purpose does he have for you that you're going, oh God, I see this purpose and I want you to do this and this and this, Lord to make this purpose that I feel came from you to come to pass. I want to believe for something bigger than me, something greater than what I could even conceive in my own mind or I can do with my own efforts. Lord, and we begin to co-create with God by the way we say and believe. Be it unto you according to your faith. I'll never amount to nothing. You are exactly right. You are exactly right because you're confessing it. Change it. Change it. Reword like you would when your grandkids or some other person who's not being sociably correct demands something. No, I'm asking my Father. 
I'm asking my God who wants to give it to me. Reword your prayers according to your purposes that God's given you and your destiny and your excitement and watch what God will do. I think there's two ways for Christians to live. One, they have the case sarah sarah approach. What will be, will be. The Doris Day mentality. Don't make waves. Life just happens. I just try to be a good Christian and not uh, rock the boat and just keep a positive attitude. I think what happens there, we're responding to life. We respond to life. We just try not to make any waves. What will be, will be. I think the other approach is the active approach. Where all of a sudden we get in the presence of God, we become to understand our purpose, our destiny, and the things he has in store for us, and we begin to co-create with God and begin to declare some things in our life and get excited about something and rally around something and believe God for something greater than ourselves. We make life happen. We're co-creating with God. Your life isn't supposed to just happen. You make it happen. You don't live it by chance. You live it on purpose with a God who wants to enable you to fulfill your purpose. Ask him for a big one. Then he'll give you lots of enablement. Last one, I have a minute and 30 seconds. Reignite. Reignite. Taking a shower one day, went into the house, and in the morning got into the shower, and it was ice cold. And I just, I was so mad. What's wrong? Well, me complaining in the shower is not going to make it get warmer. So I go downstairs, find out that the pilot light's out. I simply needed to relight the pilot light to get warm water. We complain about so many things, and God's going, you need to relight something. Maybe that's what's happening. Why is things going cold? Because you have to reignite something. Your relationship with Christ, it will grow cold just over time because it's called the theory of entropy. You know what entropy is? It's like a law of thermodynamics. I was a civil engineer. But here, let me give it to you in a practical sense. Aiden, have you ever cleaned up your room? He's thinking. He doesn't know yet. Have you ever cleaned it up? Ever got it nice? It's doing okay? Somewhat clean? Okay. And then over time, did it just stay clean on its own? What happens? It gets m- messy, Right? It can't get much messier than what it is, but it does get messy. Entropy is going from a higher energy level to a lower energy level. Entropy is going from a nice organized room to one that's full of clutter. And unless you add energy back into the system and do something, you won't get it nice again. I'm I'm saying that in our Christian walk, entropy happens. In our love relationship with Christ, entropy happens. We've got to continue to ignite and reignite and put energy into this system to keep 
that relationship going and growing strong. We've got to do something. We've got to get here and worship and go, man, I'm going to worship. I don't feel like worshiping. I'm going to sit down. My body says, I'll sit. But my spirit says, get off your mm-hmm and stand up and worship. Put your hands up in the air. Wave them around. Get a little, I would love to see this happen. Do something that's way beyond what you normally do in worship. If you're kind of a just a sit here type of person like this, get up and just go, hey, woohoo, woohoo, woo. And if you're already a woohoo, woohoo person, run around, do something crazy. We've got to keep that relationship lit. It's Valentine's Day. Best thing you can do for your greatest Valentine, Jesus Christ, is to let him know how much you love him, how much you care about him, how much you want to live for him, and how much you want to die well for him. When this man dies, he will die well. It will be well done, the good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Reignite. Where are you with God right now, really? Who are you living for, God or yourself right now, really? What are you looking to get out of life? Is it something with God in it or something without God in it? When are you going to get serious? And why do you settle for less? than what God has in store for you. I call this, there's a scripture here in Psalm 2, 12. Kiss the son lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Perish. Kiss the son. I like this acronym for KISS THE SUN. I put KEEP IT SIMPLE, STUPID. I mean, and I took that out and put SWEETIE because you guys are nice. You're not stupid. Do we keep our relationship with Christ simple? Simple. 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 The more your life is about you, the more complicated it is. And the more your life is about Jesus, the more simplified it will be. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these people gathered here and who have endured this sermon. But I thank you for them, Lord, because I feel we're of like and kindred spirit, that we have a heart and desire for Jesus Christ, that we love you, Lord. We love you so much. And Lord, we want to live for you with our full potential. So, Lord, we ask you, move on us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Repurpose. We're created for a purpose, God. It's for you. Restretch us, Lord. We allow you to have your way. Reword us, O oh God. Let us co-create with you. And reignite the passion that we have in our souls for you, Lord. 
We love you. Last thing I want to do is if this has resonated with you at all, I just want to pray for you at the end. If one of those points you want God to do something, just stand up. That's all I want to do is have you stand up, and I just want to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to you as your servants, and we ask you to move on us. Oh, God, we give you permission to move on us. We give you permission to speak to us. We give permission to stretch us, oh, God. We give you permission to, to, to allow your unction of the Holy Spirit to move inside of us so deeply that we reclaim back our purpose, our destiny, the visions, Lord, that some of us have let slide, that we would take our rightful place in the assembly of God doing what you've called us to do to the very end. Lord, help us. Speak to us. Visit us, Lord. When we ask, Lord, what? Speak, for your servant is listening. And I'm thankful, Lord, for all of these who've taken a bold stand to want to hear your voice, fulfill your purpose, and love you to the very, very end. Thank you for them, Lord. Bless them now. In Jesus' awesome and wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. What a good word. You